Hello, friend. Thank you so much for making the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast part of your day today. I feel like this is always the case, but we have a lot to cover and a very short amount of time to do so. We've been talking about and hammering home this theme. Are we, specifically through the power of our tongues, our voices, that truly God-given gift of communication, are we constructive or are we destructive? Do we set about a work to construct, to be a part of a construction team, to build others up, or are we more like a wrecking crew? I hope that's not the case. We're going to jump right into it in just a moment. But here's the three thoughts that I'd like you to dwell on today. This is really, this is the meat of the message. This is the culmination of what we've been working on this entire week. Here's the thought. Is your voice, your tongue, at times it can be the sharpest blade or a soothing balm. I'm hoping that we often err to the side of being a soothing balm. Next, our tongues can hold within them the highest prudence or wisdom or the hardest pride. I hope that we are not, as Proverbs 29.1, we'll look there in just a moment, he that hardeneth his neck. After being corrected, instructed in righteousness, I hope that we are not so proud that we cannot be instructed and that our pride doesn't flow out of our mouth from our tongue loosely. Lastly, this that we're going to look at today. Your tongue, our mouth, our voices have the ability to communicate the greatest salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ, or we can choose to be grievously silent. Let's look at these by turn for just a moment today. My prayer is that our lives will be one of encouragement. Might it be said that people can never cross our paths without being uplifted and buoyed by our presence. That's my prayer. The Bible tells us of a man named Barnabas. His name literally means son of encouragement. He's probably a good man to look at if we want to be, how shall we say, a soothing balm. He certainly lived up to that. In Acts chapter 9, in verse number 26 and 27, Acts 9 says this, verse 26, And when Saul, this is a man who will soon have his name changed to Paul. Remember the apostle Paul? Well, at this moment, he is Saul. When Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself. He desired to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. Understand, let's pause here before we read to 27, that they had ample reason to believe this because Saul, literally up to this point, was a Christian killer. That's what his main purpose in life was. And so now he's saying that he's a Christian. And these true Christians are thinking, this guy's a double agent. He's just trying to ingratiate himself with us so that he can turn us all in, throw us in jail. But Barnabas, verse number 27, took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. 
without the strong voice and soothing balm, the peacemaking of a man like Barnabas, would we have never had an Apostle Paul? How about you, friend? Do you take chunks out of your family and friends when you speak, or do you endeavor to put the pieces back together? Are you a medicine, or are you a menace? Now, please don't mistake me. There is a time and a place for sharp words. I'm not disputing that fact, but too often our default is irritation and angst when our heavenly example only flipped tables. I'm talking about Jesus. He only flipped tables and chewed out the scribes and Pharisees on select occasions. You would be far more likely to find Jesus telling a sick man that his faith has made him whole, speaking kindly to a child upon his lap, or praying over a miraculous amount of food for a hungry crowd of people. I'm not encouraging you, my listener, to abandon all truth on the altar of grace alone, but there is a balance to be struck. The Christians in the book of Acts, they took Barnabas seriously when he went to bat for Paul. He was a soothing balm, but they believed him. Why? Maybe it's because he told the truth. His life, his words, were not laced with pride, with puffing himself up. I mentioned Proverbs 29, and there are so many different verses down through the book of Proverbs. Honestly, we don't have time to go through even half of them that talk about pride. But let's look at things on the positive side of the spectrum. Look, if you would, at Proverbs 25, verse number 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. What a verse. Is that what our words sound like? Is that how we speak when we talk to those around us? Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Let's look at the next thought. Yes, a sharp blade or a soothing balm. I hope we are more often a soothing balm. But how about the highest prudence or the hardest pride? A wholesome tongue, Proverbs 15.4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. A fool, verse 5, despiseth his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. Friend, I hope that when we speak, we convey biblical and Bible-based prudence and wisdom. Now, I could just give you a homework assignment for this weekend. Just read the book of Proverbs. It'll probably be better for all of us if we all read more of the book of Proverbs, a book about wisdom, a book about pride, a book about all of these things. But you in your life, what are you identified with? Prudence? Or pride. I hope for all of our sakes that we could say the former, a soothing balm, prudence. Let's jump very quickly into this last point. The greatest salvation or our grievous silence. Do you realize that your decision 
not to speak up and convey the gospel of Jesus Christ could be sending people to a devil's hell. I'd like to ask you to turn to the book of Acts, if you're not already there, the book of Acts, chapter number four. We're going to very quickly read a bunch of verses. I'm going to ask you to listen quickly because we have a thought here that really needs to be communicated. Acts 4.1, and as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, realize they had healed someone recently, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them, is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them, and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Friend, can I tell you this? That it may be that you, my listener today, that I, the host of this program, that we are not more bold in telling others of Jesus Christ because we don't know him as we should. God, let that not be the case, but I so often think that it just might be. There are two groups of people listening to for me right now. There are those of you under the sound of my voice that you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I'd love for you to reach out to me. The announcer at the close of the program is going to tell you all about how you can contact me. You could text me right now. I'll give you a text number as we close the broadcast. But there's another group of you that are listening right now. You're Christian friends, but you've never once in your life maybe passed out a gospel track. Is it because your fellowship 
with God is so strained, so strange to you that you can't tell others about him. Because as Peter and John said in Acts 4.20, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Do you know Christ well enough to talk about him? Have you spent time with him? Construction or destruction? The sharpest blade or a soothing balm? The highest prudence or the hardest pride? The greatest salvation or grievous silence? You can text me right now, 309-316-7240. Have a great day for his glory. Join us next week. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.